Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, EctorWall23 on Twitter if you want to follow me there. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe if you like our content here. 312 566 8727 is the way you can leave a voice message, or at lockedonsocks at gmail.com if you want to leave an email. This is the guy who's going <laughs> to be relaxing in a beautiful, Michigan Cottage. It is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm doing great. As right now, I'm on my way up there. Depending on when you're listening to this, I may already be there, and I'm ready to watch the All Star Game. And uh, I still will be doing that because I'll, you know, my parents are going with us, and my dad and I will get to watch an All Star Game together for the first time in a, in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. But it is our official All Star Game preview show here on Locked On White Sox, and we'll talk about. The guys making their their White Sox All Star debuts: Rodon, Lynn, Liam Hendricks, and now Tim Anderson being added to the list. It's going to be a fun night where the White Sox are going to have an impact on this game one way or another at Coors Field. But we wanted to to get into that, and also in the next segment, we're going to talk about the the elephant in the room here: the the starting rotation holes that are that appear to be forming with the absence of Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon next season. They're both scheduled to be free agents. They're a big part of what this team has done. Obviously, you'll see them at the at the All-Star game tonight. And right now, you know, the the plan with Kopech is kind of up in the air, so we don't know if they're stretching him out to be a starter next year yet or not. So we're going to talk about that situation there and how Rick Hahn can really uh, become a true hero and uh, maybe bring both of these guys, if not at the very least one of these guys, back for 2022. So we'll get to that next segment. But we want to give you guys a little all-star primer here. And the White Sox history, first of all, we're brought to you today by Locked On MLB Prospects, the podcast covering every future star of Major League Baseball. Host Aram Layton brings you player interviews from farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So the all-star game being tonight, the White Sox, they actually have a, a long history with the, with the all-star game. As you know, 1933, the first ever all-star game was played at the old Comiskey Park, and uh, they've had uh, many bad moments over the years, and we're going to talk about some of those. But, but really, I think what, what sticks out to me with the White Sox, and like, can you think of any actual moments with the White Sox in an all-star game, like good or bad? It's mostly indifferent, at least in our lifetimes. Yeah, I don't recall anything in particular about a specific White Sox doing something well. I mean, I think Mark Burley, one of those all-star games, won the game. But I don't remember him doing anything spectacular. <laughs> I remember Frank Thomas. This is one thing I remember him hitting a home run. I think it was in Pittsburgh or Texas, and then like leaving in the middle of the game, and everybody <laughs> making a big stink about it. That was a big thing on sports radio. Like, what if he would have won the MVP? You know, and Frank Thomas was like, "Nah, peace, I'm out of here." Um, yeah. But yeah, so you know, a lot of things I think of. 
Um, we're going to talk about some of the good, some of the bad, and see if we can make our case for one of the current White Sox having an impact on this game. And there have been no White Sox that have been All-Star Game MVPs. This is one of the the charter franchise of, uh, of franchises of Ben Johnson's American League, and they have had no representation really in terms of the All Star Game. So, uh, one of the first things I, I think of, uh, I always go to the bad. 1994, Three River Stadium. Jason Bure uh, is, is trying to uh, get the American League through extra innings here. It's it's the tenth inning uh, back at Three River Stadium, and he has the tough task of facing. Tony Gwynn leading off the inning <laughs> and the, the American League at that point they were dominating like you, you know as they are one to do the the superior league in my opinion they had won six all-star games in a row and there comes Jason Beret and he's pitching on two days rest and he comes out to face Tony Gwynn Tony Gwynn hits a CNI single up through the box and then next batter up is Moises Alou, I believe, and then he uh, ends up walking it off, which is a really a, a, a thrilling finish for as far as All Star games go. Before they counted uh, to, to walk it off in a two to one ball game, that was pretty cool. But Jason Bure was tagged for the loss that day, and I was crushed uh, as a youngster. Um, and then kind of a whole lot of nothing in terms of pitchers uh, and bad moments until 2010. You remember when Matt Thornton came in uh, in Anaheim? He relieved Phil Hughes. Who had given up back? Tell me, <laughs> no, uh, no. I know. Whenever you think of Matt Thornton, you think of <laughs> the home run and Jim Tomey and Ron Coomer being up there in right field laughing. Uh, but this is an All Star game, and uh, Matt Thornton ends up getting the bases loaded after walking Marlon Bird, and then he gives up the bases clearing double to to the other McCann, Brian McCann, mm-hmm. uh, and Phil Hughes ends up taking the loss. But in terms of like, okay, here's Matt Thornton. Here's uh, Chris Ranji's favorite guy. Here's our our, our Lugie get get the American League out of this jam, and he could not. And then 2016, Chris Sale in San Diego, he starts the All-Star game. You know, we've seen this uh, quite a few times in our White Sox fan lifetimes. A White Sox pitcher starting the All-Star game, but of course, as that season w- was was destined to be, uh, things went downhill from there for the Sox and it went the other way for the Cubs. He gave up that bomb to Chris Bryant in the first inning uh in, in that 2016 all-star game so i remember i, I rushed home to see because i knew that matchup was going to be happening chris sale versus chris bryant uh that season i rushed home and i got home just in time to put on the tv and see that home run and i was not too happy about that uh but such is life a little payback from 2001 possibly which which we'll get to uh, in a second here but you mentioned frank uh, the night after he won the home run derby in arlington at the ballpark in arlington and down in uh, texas he does this. Thomas drills one to deep left field. If it's fair, it's out of here by a mile, and it is fair. Well, that's one of the things a crowd of 50,000 comes to see. The big hurt, putting the hurt on the National League. How unusual is this? The first All-Star game played at Comiskey Park in 1933, and this is the first home run ever hit by a White Sox player. Well, this is a missile launch. I mean, you think you're down on the uh, east coast of Florida, and they're launching one up in the skies. So that's like 62 years of All-Star games, and that was the first White Sox home run in an All-Star game. Pretty gives you an idea of how bleak uh, the history has been, but that was an absolute rocket shot there down in Houston. I mentioned 2001. Magli Ordonez uh, going deep off John Lieber. One of the few guys that if you really examine their season, you can question their selection. You cannot question the star power of Jeter as Ordonez goes deep to right. Goodbye. Right center field. Ordonez back to back for the American League, and it's 4-1. 
2002, you guys remember this is the game that ended in a tie, not one of uh, Bud Selig's uh, finer moments here. You remember you know, Barry Bonds hitting the, the ball deep and Torrey Hunter robbing him of the home run. And then, you know, Barry Bonds throws Torrey over his shoulders. You remember that moment from that game, but what you probably don't remember is Paul Konerko had two doubles that night, uh, including a two-run double off of Byung Hyun Kim, which at the time put the American League on top, but that game ends in a tie. And uh, But PK had four total bases in that game, and Maybe a case for the first White Sox American League uh, representative to win the MVP in an All-Star game. So that, it was robbed from us, Herb. That that day, Bud Selig decided to steal that because he's anti-White Sox as well as the, the entire country, really. Um, but, yeah, that was the Paul Konerko's first All-Star game and making an impact. And then the next year, you guys remember, finally, the, the All-Star game back on the south side and how fitting that a White Sox pitcher started that one. Warming up in the left field bullpen from your Chicago White Sox, Esteban Loaiza. Loaiza having the dream season in 03 and the American League. I think that was the first year where it counted in, in 2003 on the south side. Uh, and uh, Loaiza was able to, to pitch, I believe it was two scoreless innings there in, in that one. And uh, that, that was, uh, you know... One of the finer moments when you have one of your guys, and then it became old news after a while because two years later, uh, Mark Burley was starting for the American League in the the charmed year of 2005. But what I remember about that game is the lackluster introduction of Scott Putzednik. And outfielder Scott Putzednik. 16 years later, and we still make fun of that on the score. Uh, imagine if you're just Joe Fan watching from, you know, in, in uh, the heart of the country, and you, this is your first look at a lot of these players, and you're like, Scott Pesednik, what in the hell? The hell is this? <laughs> but that was one of those years, though. And then the next year, uh, as we wrap up the, the, the White Sox All-Star history, 2006, Herb, where everyone and their mom was on the American League team. The White Sox are the defending champions. Ozzie Gein was the manager. Uh, listen to this uh, Naked Gun-esque lineup. Uh, you're waiting for uh, Dr. Joyce Brothers to be mentioned in here. From the Chicago White Sox, catcher A.J. Pierzynski. Infielder Paul Conerco. Outfielder Jermaine Dye. Infielder Jim Tomey. Pitcher Bobby Jenks. Pitcher Jose Contreras. And pitcher Mark Burley. You know who was robbed for that All Star game, Herb? Um, no, I don't. Who? Juan Uribe. I think he should have been there as well as, as any of those guys. I don't care. Hall of I would Famers love to are... see that, that White Sox infield with Paul Canerco <laughs> and Jim Tomey. I know, right? That that didn't quite work out, really, as far as that goes. But, um, you know, that, that that was fun seeing the, all the guys there. And that that's when you really, you know, you're coming off that World Series title and you get all your representation there. Uh, that That was pretty cool. But since then... Yeah, pretty much uh, not many great moments here. Not many moments in general, I think, is, is a larger point. If you, you dive deep into the, the stat leaders of All-Stars uh, for the White Sox, your, your all-time RBI leader, of course, is Frank Thomas, and he has a whopping five RBI in, in the All-Star game. Um, the single-game RBI leaders for the White Sox in an All-Star game, a bunch of guys tied with two RBIs in one game. Luke Appling, 
Nellie Fox, Frank Thomas, Paul Konerko, and Richie Zisk, of course. Of course it's Richie Zisk. Who else would it be? Um, but So we have some room here. We, to, to, we have some room to make a difference. You, do you see any of these guys maybe uh, finally putting themselves in that category where, you know what, we finally have an all-star game MVP in a White Sox uniform, and it's going to be either Liam Hendricks, Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn, or Tim Anderson. What's what's our best path here for a White Sox player to, to win the all-star game MVP? Because I think it's time, goddammit. Yeah, it's really hard for pitchers to win MVPs in uh, these uh, exhibition games. I know it's been done plenty of times, but, like, what could you do? Strike out six guys in a row? Like, uh, who was that who did that? Uh, struck out all those Hall of Famers. Pedro. Yeah, Pedro yeah. Martinez, and then went on the IL. Again. Yeah, that's if someone if 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 someone's striking out six guys, and it's like any of these White Sox players, I'm gonna be irate. I'm I'm gonna drive down there to Denver <laughs> and have some speaks with uh, with Cash with Kevin Cash. So that's the yeah, I don't I don't like that path. So it's got to be TA, right? TA's our exactly. best exactly. TA will not be starting. You under I mean, you probably think that the game will be hanging in the balance when he'll be brought into the game. And he'll come up with a clutch hit or, hell, it's Colorado. T.A. can go deep, profundo, for a big-ass home run that gives the American League the victory there. And, yes, T.A. can be going home with a nice Chevrolet and the MVP trophy right there. I definitely can see that happening. Ooh, uh, T.A., I don't think T.A. is going to be standing next to that Chevy, though. Doesn't T.A. have uh, an endorsement with BMW? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I'll stand over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Keep on grinding, and, uh, dis- disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's our path, man. And I wonder if the, if baseball is going to roll out the super juicy <laughs> juiced baseballs for oh. this one, like to to you know get the audience's attention. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a high scoring game, but I, I like where your head's at. Tim coming in late in the game as a defensive replacement, having a chance to have a high leverage at bat. You know, showing the world what it's like. I, I hope he flips it to the moon, up to the Rocky Mountains. You know, if, <laughs> if he gets a hold of one, like that would be just so perfect. But yeah, man, I, I, I let's, I'm gonna go out and say right now. I think Tim Anderson put me on record. I'm not gonna put any money on it, but Tim Anderson, All Star Game MVP. It's time. I think it's it's and way past. I time. have I have an actual Tim Anderson. MVP for the American League, which I can throw away right now because Joey Itani's <laughs> got it by far. If yeah. he even gets hurt right now, I think he's still got the American League most valuable player. But uh, yeah, I could see Timmy doing it and get real close to Shohei Itani for a top 10 finish of the MVP for the full season. What are you looking forward to most about the All Star Game? Are you even a, a big fan of the All Star Game? Like I just, I happen to be a big fan. I love, I love the pop and circumstance and the festivities. And ever since I was a kid, I don't know if you're, you're typically not the baseball romantic of yeah. the two of us. But are you looking forward to anything in particular uh, in this All Star Game? I usually look forward to what we just played, the introductions of our players, and hear the pop or lack of pop uh, for these players. But this is a different White Sox era. I think Tim's gonna pop. People are going to hear his name and they're going to react so. to him. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to those introductions of those guys and them looking looking at them like Carlos Rodon's first all-star appearance, seeing if he's got tears on his eyes or just soaking it all in because this might be it. As I said with Tim Anderson in the last episode, that Carlos Rodon all-star will be forever. That You can't take that away from him. So, you know, I do Cubs baseball on the score, and they introduce it. It's all-star Ron Coomer. Yeah. They say that every time. <laughs> so that will be his legacy. You know, to be an all-star is an 
awesome thing. I remember when I was a Little League All-Star. I was fucking like on <laughs> thousand. I couldn't imagine being at the top of my uh, league, one of the best players in my game, that they make me a special player in this great exhibition. Well, I'm going to have to start introdu- introducing you as a Little League All-Star. I was a Little League All-Star, too, for one season. It was my last season. Uh, yes, my dad was the coach, uh, but I also happened to find my power stroke that year. So, you know, a little bit of column A and column B <laughs> probably in that situation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to that, too. It's my favorite part is the introductions. All of a sudden, they announced Lance Lynn, and all of a sudden, why is he Why is he the only one out there with a red solo cup? He's already, you know, I can <laughs> see him doing that. But another pathway I think for an MVP is maybe Liam Hendricks comes on for a four out save. Like let's say it's a high scoring game and he comes in with runners on and you know yes yeah I don't want I don't want to see that absolutely and uh, you know mm-hmm. I I think the the hitters will be dying to get up there against Liam after what we saw on Sunday but yeah I, and also it's in Colorado so you know balls that are just hit off the end of the bat sometimes <laughs> just go out and like you said juice ball be probably in play because they want to see some offense yeah so yeah I'm, I'm I'm riding with TA I think he's got a good shot and hopefully he can make some White Sox history and I wonder do you. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. Do you get checked in the All Star game, and are you subject to sticky rule uh, protocol in an exhibition? Will you get suspended if you got this extra grip on your ball as an All Star? I just wonder about these that, things. That's a good call. I don't know who's on the crew, who's on, who's doing it, you know. But I, I would Joe think West probably in his last year. Oh God, I just checking everyone at all times. Know, I don't know if it's his last year or not, but Joe <laughs> we, stop, just finds his way there. Stop trying to will it into existence. Um, yeah, man, it, it, that'd be interesting. You would think that. They do it, uh, yeah. Because if you do it to one guy, you got to do it to everyone. That that's you, that's a lot of guys that you're you're checking. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they like to check every inning, but you're talking about multiple guys. I, I don't think they'll do it. They don't want that to be the story. I don't think, even though it'll be talked about a ton. Um, but I think they're just going to be like, hey, look at these dingers. You know, <laughs> look at look at these juiced up baseballs and the 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 and the the Colorado air. And I think that'll be enough to to get people to forget about the sticky stuff at least for one night. If I hear the phrase sticky stuff, I'm going to lose it. I'm just so done. Talking talking about it, hearing about it, all that stuff. So uh, that that's what it is, man. The All-Star Game is tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it in the next segment. A couple of the guys participating in this All-Star Game have some question marks uh, by their role in the 2022 season for the White Sox. Right now it looks like it's non-existent. Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Slated to be free agents. We've talked about it a ton, but let's really get into it. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, with all the ever-increasing makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your car an LX or an EX? Well, I don't know. Let me go out and look. And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Look, the reality is when you go to rockauto.com and find your auto parts there, you're going to save time and money when you use our friends at Rock Auto. So why choose to pay 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or God forbid your dealership? For example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 at a chain store, but only $216 at rockauto.com. See what I'm talking about? And they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I for over 20 
20 years. Rock Auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for every single customer. And they've got everything too. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I know I'm hitting the road soon going up north. I'm going to check and make sure my car has everything it needs. And I'm going to do that by going to rockauto.com. Check them out, won't you? Explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Should we open the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love your emails, too. We really love your emails when they spill over because the bag gets so choked here. It spills over into my basement floor. Jim told me he's got to clean it up. But sometimes your emails are so good, and the, the, the questions you ask elicit such a provocative response by us Sometimes they find their way on a separate episode entirely. So it goes to show you that your voice is always appreciated. How can the Locked on White Sox listener get us an email and or voicemail so they can have it read and or heard on the show? Send the emails to LockedOnSox at gmail.com, LockedOnSox at gmail.com, or 312-566-8727 for your voice messages. Katie from St. Louis. Katie says this, Hello, guys. There's been a lot of love for Lance Lynn this year, and I've certainly made sure to watch all of his starts. He's just a quintessential White Sox player. So much fun. I was hoping to get your take on whether you think he'd be signed for a full contract with the Sox. I know it's a long shot, but the, I'm a little op, uh, but the little optimistic part of me that has kept following him inside the horrible Sox teams for years still hopes it might. What are the chances of Lynn signing on with the Sox for a long-term deal? And what do you think will be needed to make it happen? Thanks for doing the show, guys. It's wonderful. That's Katie from St. Louis. All right, Herb. Lance Lynn, long-term. Let's not say long-term deal. Let's just say Lance Lynn extension with the White Sox. What do you think the possibilities of that are happening? Very good. I mean, it looks like both sides have an appetite for him staying a White Sox. You know, Jerry's rule, though, not signing a person over five years for a pitcher, especially. Yeah. So he would be, he's already in his 30s. He's, so. 30, he'll, he's 35 as of this May. Yeah, so so I, don't, I don't think a five year deal is in the cards here. So that you got that going for it. You don't have to do five. Yeah. So I'm thinking three years at somewhere at a 20 to $25 million annual average value for Lance Lynn. He is a hoss. He's showing that late in mid 30s that he can do some things with uh, with the baseball. He could still get people out. He's having one of his best seasons. He's an all-star again. And if we're starting the playoffs, I'm having him my number two, but some people out there who are listening right now, like, no, that's my ace right now. That's my guy as starting that first playoff game because Lance Lynn knows how to pitch. We talked about it the other day. Didn't have great stuff. Still battled through and beat Minnesota with his B-plus, C-plus stuff. All right, next one. Uh, well, let me let me just cap that here. I would love to do that. How could I just forget uh, from my opinion on it? So I'm so excited to read your emails. But yeah, as I said, Lance Lynn, uh, he'll be 35 in in in, uh, in May of 2022. I should say he's 34 now. So in 2022, he'll be 35. And just looking at uh, contracts of guys at age 34 
And there's a couple recently you have to go go uh, look at to see what a framework of a Lancelin contract would be. And a couple of the the comparables here, at least in terms of age, not in terms of numbers or career or potential future uh, years. Jake Arrieta got one at age 34, a one-year deal for $6 million. That's his current Cubs contract, and that hasn't worked out so favorably. Uh, Corey Kluber got one in the offseason, $11 million for one year. Uh, Mike Fires got one actually at 35 years old. That was a one-year $3.5 million. John Lester got uh, $5 million a year at age 37. And uh, Hyunjin Ryu got four years at 32 uh, when he was age 32. So he'll be 36 when that deal ends. So you've got some things to work with here. Uh, I think, you know, personally, you know, let you say, oh, 12-5 for two. I think that I think that gets it done. You know, you give them twelve million. Yeah, each year. If you just I, if total, you just, if you just yeah, you, you, I think you went a little high there. I mean, just I'm, just, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying all those guys are on the backside and they're terrible. Lance Lynn's not in his prime anymore, but he's pitching as such. There's going to be a lot of suitors out there. I think he could still get maybe twenties a little much, but. I think 15 to 20 is not out of the realm of possibility of annual average value okay. for his contract. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say it's not my money. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. this year he's making like 10 million for his contract. Yeah. And that wasn't, you know, that's a contract he signed with the Rangers when he wasn't that great. He was good. Not great. Now he's come as when we acquired him, he was one of the best pitchers in the American league and he's continuing that track. And none of those guys that you listed are big bastards. That's true. The big bastard factor does add a, a few million on your AA fee. Uh, but yeah, I just I just think you know pitchers generally, you know you you do have the Verlander comp. Verlander when when he was up there, he got a, an astronomical amount of money from the Astros. Uh, so that is a little bit different. But you know, I guess you know Lynn profiles a little closer to Verlander than these other guys. So I think there's something for it. But I think twelve five is my starting point. If I if I'm Rakan and then just meet at the table and and, and try to find uh, some middle ground there, but if I had to do 15 a year for for two years, you know, Lance Lynn came on the Parkinson Spiegel show and he said all he wants to do is win. You know, he loves it here uh, in Chicago, but he just he just wants to win. So you're you're talking about keeping a, a competitive team around him, and that, that a lot of that you know will intertwine with a question we're going to talk about in a few, but. Winning and money, I, I think you know. If you give, if if you offer a reasonable amount, I see no reason why Lance Lynn would want to leave. You know, I think this is he hasn't won a World Series in ten years uh, since he was with the Cardinals, so this is as good a chance as any. So if I'm him, also I realize like this is probably my last contract, so let's make it worth it. But also I want to be happy and I want to win as well. So there's a lot of factors here, but yes, yeah, sign me up for it. You know, he profiles really well. I think even for an older guy, he's he's not blowing anyone away currently, but he's getting people out. So I think that's something that you look at as well. So, yeah, please sign me up for at least a couple more years of Lance Lynn. It's important, especially the way this uh, rotation looks uh, the next couple of years with a lot of question marks. He's only made $62 million in his career in 11 seasons he's been in the league. That's it's unreal, man. Like, you know, yeah. I know not all years were as good as this one, you know, but still, like, you know, for a guy, just for pitchers, usually if you are healthy enough, you will make money. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just hit for whatever reason. You know, he, his, his highest earning was with 2018 when he was a – Yankee slash twin. Yeah. Made $10 million that year, I think. Yeah. So, all right. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, you got to love him if you're Rick Hahn. Um, 
So the next one here, uh, excuse me, this this is coming from uh, from uh, out of the country here. Uh, Kiel writes this. All things being equal, would you rather keep Lynn or Rodon? That was on Twitter we got that one. Lynn or Rodon, Herbie, how, where are you going with this? I would keep Rodon. You yes. drafted him, what, fourth overall, third overall. He's been through adversity. He's younger. He's left-handed. He throws harder. I think he's the White Sox ace. Um, all the things pointing to him over what you get from Lynn, I would say all the things I think favor Rodon are all the things I think either Rick Hahn or Jerry Reinsdorf favor too. But the only thing I think that they don't like is that Rodon will cost more money than Lance Lynn. I think Rodon, after this one year, and he might be a Cy Young candidate, friends, and his agent, I think, is still Scott Boris, if I uh, got that right. Yes, e, friends. He's gonna make some money this year. I don't know if he's gonna break the bank, but he'll make some nice money as a what going into his year twenty nine or thirty year. So he's gonna be having some cash for himself. Yourself? What do you think, Lynn Rodon? I mean, Rodon is my number one, my game one starter right now, and you. To see what he looks like when he is at his healthiest, when he is feeling the most comfortable, when he's in a comfortable spot, surrounded in a winning atmosphere and in a good culture, and and, his, and Ethan Katz who has helped him uh, along the way, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick Rodon, but I also know it's going to be with a, a lot loftier price tag, as you said, you know, especially the Boris thing. Scott Boris is gonna be like, look, you know, this is the team that said uh, that that waved goodbye to you last year. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. And then you took a pay cut and you gave them an opportunity to have you at a reduced rate and you outperformed that contract. So now it's time that they pay you if they really value you like the way that you feel they should. Now, you have the factor of you know it's going to be a winning team for the next at least handful of years. So you know you're in a good spot. You don't have to move. I'm sure your family loves it here. But this is going to be the the last time most likely – uh, that Carlos Rodon's going to have a chance to, to earn a big contract that we thought maybe he would have already gotten by now, and it would be an ex- a team-friendly extension from the Sox years ago had he been healthy. Um, so this is could, this is could be his only opportunity for generational wealth here. So I, I would not you know, lo- look sideways at him if he chose to test the open market, as he should. Every player should do that. But if, if, if I'm Rick Hahn, I'm trying to get to the table right now at the All-Star break and – Sign that extension now. The money on that, I'd have to look, you know, because left-hander, younger, the year he's had now. You know, I don't I don't know if he'll ever repeat this year, but my, my whole thing with Lance Lynn is you don't want to have that guy walk out the door and then have him have this season for someone else, like in the American League, God forbid. You know, Astros, Red Sox, Yankees. You, you don't want to have him do this against you in the postseason for the next few years. Like, that's something you can't have, have happen. They have enough money where they can absorb a, a mistake, you know? So especially with the middling payroll that they've had and that they still have and they haven't added, added anything yet in the, at the trade deadline, their, their payroll is still middle of the road. So they can absorb a bad contract or two. We talked about this on, on shows prior. Every team that's a winning team has a contract or two that they regret. 
So it's just part of doing business, the cost of doing business in Major League Baseball. So I would love if Carlos Rodon got an extension. They should, you know, I know they're scared of what happened with John Danks and the injuries after they gave him the contract, but just look at that stuff, man. That's that's ace, true ace stuff right there. You saw what he did to the Astros, and hopefully he'll get a chance to do that again in a postseason series, and they could have like a Strasburg thing where maybe they, they, they work it out there where another Boris guy who they thought was all but gone, and then he has a remarkable heroic World Series run for your team, and all of a sudden there he is, he's back. Maybe on a shorter-term deal, but you know, just try to keep the band together. So yeah, if I'm choosing between the two, long answer, I'm going Rodon. Uh, But reality is they don't have to choose, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's 100%. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Uh, Rodon will be 29 in December of this year. Right now, he leads the American League in fielding independent pitching. Just I'll read it straight from Baseball Reference. The stat measures a pitcher's effectiveness at preventing home runs, walks, hit by pitch, and causing strikeouts. So whatever a pitcher can do by himself, if he had no fielders behind him, he has a 2.36 fielding independent pitching, not far off of his 2.31 ERA. So it's a true great year he's having right now. Leads the league in strikeouts per nine at 13. So, yeah. That's the guy I'm looking for to sign a big time deal. As we saw, as we talked about earlier, though, Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like to sign guys for longer than four years, especially pitchers. A guy like this with a lot of history of arm inj- injuries, like shoulders, sh- elbows, had the Tommy John. It's a question: Will he ever go back there? Will he ever get hurt again? So, this is the guy I would put my money on. But like you stated at the end. You could sign both these guys and another guy and be fine, not even come close to breaking the bank there. So, yeah, if I had to choose between the two, Rodon is my guy. And you could even go to Lucas Giolito like, hey, hey, man, you want that team-friendly extension now? (laughs) 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 You can be our number four for years to come. Um, Oh, yeah, four? He's like, four? He's like, yeah, Dylan Cease, dude. Come on, calm down. He's yeah. like, yeah, sick, bro. <laughs> yeah, sick. Where's mine? Um, but that falls along the lines with the, our next email here. Joe Paduta was asking uh, what it's going to take to keep both of them. So you know, he he speculates thirty five million uh, a year, Total? a year, yeah, for both of those guys. So like, let's say if, if what you say for let's say Lynn fifteen, 20 yeah, twenty and fifteen, um, that's that's reasonable for, for maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably a little. Hmm. I don't want to say that's low, but the Rodon thing is the is the wild card here. Like, how much would he get on the open market if he, if he hit it per season? You know, so we we it'll be interesting to see what contracts look like from here on out as the owners continue to to cry poor because you had a lot of those deals that were signed, you know, pre COVID, like the the Garrett Cole deal, you know. So, yeah. but yeah, looking so bad. <laughs> looking bad in all types of ways, and also Trevor Bauer deal not not looking great as well as Joe Paduta mentions here. Um, you know, we'll 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 maybe talk about that at some other point, but yeah, I think thirty five mil a year. For those two, 20 and 15, I think that's a reasonable uh, amount. Um, but then you're talking about lots, a lot of money tied up in two guys, but that's why you have the team-friendly contracts for pretty much all your position players. As I so, look at pitchers around the $20 million a year range, Zach Wheeler's at 23, you Darvish, 21, uh, Johnny Cueto, 21. You know, <laughs> Johnny Cueto. <laughs> Hanju Ryu's at 20, a million. Nathan Evaldi's at 17. You know, these are the type of pitchers that yeah. are around that area where you're like, 
you know, Carlos Rodon's in that. He's he lives in that neighborhood. Patrick Corbin's at twenty three. Yeah, you know, is he better than Patrick Corbin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think he signed it, Patrick Corbin when he was twenty nine. Also, a six year deal for one hundred forty million dollars. You think that's a little too much? Yeah, but I think that my guy Rodon's in that neighborhood now, especially with this really strong start. Of his uh, first half, absolutely. I think he's he's better than a lot of those guys you mentioned, and the fact that he's left-handed gives him a little bit of an edge, and the fact that he's probably younger than a lot of those guys were uh, in terms of their first con- that contract they signed. So that's an interesting part of it too. Again, I, you can't have him do this for another team. You would never. I mean, you think Tatis is bad? Having Rodon go against you, like the sale thing, you could you could deal with because you got something for him. You were able to launch your rebuild with them but still like that feeling of him he's coming back soon by the way how about that for a playoff matchup against Chris Sale you know but yeah but him you know standing on the on the mound getting that save for the Red Sox like imagine if that was like you know for the Yankees or you know for the uh, the Indians like they would never pay that but you know just a rival in the American in the Astros imagine that that would be incredibly bad optics so. and I even forgot to mention uh Rodon's teammate Dallas Keuchel the White Sox signed him three years, $55 million. That's $18.5 million. So do you think Rodon, who's 29 at, in December, is Still the, throwing better, 100. <laughs> the better pitcher at 29 than 31-year-old Dallas Keiko was at the time? Yeah. 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 So will he make more money? Yeah, he'll make more money. So $20 million for Carlos Rodon? Not out of the question. Now the health is the thing that people will say, or is this a fluke year? And, you know, you've been everybody's been proven right on the Carlos Rodon. He's not using the sticky stuff. The spin rates are staying steady. You could tell that he's still the same guy. He just got healthy this year. So I hope he gets his money. And if it's not with the White Sox, I'll tip the cap because, yeah, they DFA or they non-tendered him. And if he says, hey, man, I just got my money and I'm going out. I can't I can't stay here. I can't argue that. You DFA'd him, or you pretty much released him and signed him for $3 million. Get your money somewhere else, bro. You did well. You did well for yourself. Go ahead and get your money. I wouldn't be mad at you at all. Now, let's say Sox, when they're lucky enough to win the World Series this year, Rodon's a big part of that. You say, you know what, house money, I'm not paying you to do it again because I'm betting against you. What do you think about that? Does that change your risk calculus if you're Rick Hahn? Absolutely not. I'm still looking to sign him, and – I'm not breaking the bank to sign him. I'm staying within my budget and staying within what I think that Carlos Rodon should get in the future. I'm not paying him for past performance. I'm paying for future. So I'm in that uh, negotiation thinking about, okay, I want to stay within these parameters and if somebody else is going to offer him something much more. All I can say is au revoir. I hope you have a great time. You've earned it, brother. Enjoy yourself. If you ever need a team when you're 34, 35, we got you back here, bro. Come on. Absolutely. I thought that was good. We may have to isolate that for its, uh, its own show there. We, that was a good conversation about those two guys and the, and the White Sox future and finances. We'll take a quick time out and preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over unders. It's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online. 
online. They've got all the other sports too. NBA Finals coming to a close. Football Futures. Golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy, they have who will Bill Gates date next? What about Jeff Bezos? Who will marry first, Bezos or Gates? You can place a bet on that. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I am out of here. I'll be enjoying the game from way up north in Michigan tonight. But tomorrow, what's on the docket for tomorrow? Do we know yet? Have you Are you, are you bringing in Sean Anderson and Mike Rankin into the fold? I'm sure you're going to have plenty to recap from the All-Star game. I'm sure you, we still have to talk about the draft and everything going on with that. So what can the folks expect with tomorrow's episode? Well, they're going to expect me, Sean Anderson, and Mike Rankin talking all about the draft, the the all-star game and when Timmy won his MVP, we're putting it out in the air. Timmy yes. winning the MVP for the all-star game. I don't know if you want to put money on it, but put it out in the air. But yeah, it's us three doing a three-man move and then all the rest of the week, it'll be those two guys doing our show because we'll be taking a little time off. Yeah, man, I'll be back on Monday and I'm looking forward to getting away for a little bit and we'll recap the uh, the, the Astros series. Sox back at home and a big test early out of the box with the Astros and boy, are they still hateable. If you watch mm-hmm. that walk-off on Jesus Sunday, the, the Altuve walk-off mm-hmm. uh, where his shirt gets ripped off and if you remember after he walked it off against Chapman back in the uh, ALCS a few years back and you know there were, where there was accusations of buzzers and you know, he said, oh, I, my wife doesn't like when I take my shirt off. And then Carlos Correa said, he has a really bad tattoo and it's embarrassing. Um, I, I no tattoo was found anywhere when I saw him walk it off against the Yankees again on Sunday. So the Astros, are they're going to be the White Sox biggest test, I believe, this year. Uh, the Red Sox are right there, too. But the Astros, I think, are, are playing uh, the best brand of baseball. And uh, they're, they're going to give the White Sox some fit. So I think if the White Sox can come out, oh, look at me, I'm already previewing Monday's show. Uh, we don't even know who's going to make it out of uh, the All-Star game healthy, mm-hmm. you know, because that would be par for the course for, the, for someone on the White Sox to get hurt here during this All-Star game. But not, not going to put that out there, even though I just did. But, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. talk about the big Houston series on Monday. Her, that's the next time Herb and I will be together. So thank you to Sean Anderson and Mike Rankin for filling in. And thank you for picking up the slack as well uh, to the, allow me a much-needed vacation and and uh, my wife thanks you as well. No no getting pulled uh, to the side to do a show in the middle of the night while on vacation. So thank you, guys. That is Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Locked on Socks.